anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. For so if they say to you, Behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he is in the inner room, do not believe in them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the eagles will gather. Wherever the corpse is, there the eagles will gather. Wherever the corpse is, there the eagles will gather. There the eagles will gather. There the eagles will in not mentioning the fact that Dr. Future Rock! You know, it was Dr. Future that uh, first introduced me to the wonderful world of Peter Goodgame. And uh, listening to Future Quake uh, really uh, has changed my life. And, uh, you know, I think everybody should go down to futurequake.com and uh, listen to some Future Quake shows. I'd like to call your attention to best Peter Goodgame interview that really ever was, and that's uh, Future Quake 64. You'll find that by going to the Future Quake uh, past shows page and uh, scrolling down and you're looking for um, March 2007 and the number of the show which you won't find until you actually click on the link is uh, show 64, which is the, uh, the uh, new revealings of the Antichrist, the identity of the Antichrist. So uh, that's a really good one to listen to, you know, get the history of Peter Goodgame. Now, the Antichrist was specifically not invited to this session of the Iron Show, so uh, I want you all to know that this is a completely different look at Mr. Goodgame. And uh, for those of you who have heard the first cast, well, then you know this is a completely different Peter Goodgame interview. And in the second half, this is where things really get moving. So uh, kick back and uh, listen deep. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the Iron Show. Now let me just share with you uh, some of the things uh, that uh, that happened after that. Uh, uh, so I started going to this little uh, more charismatic-minded church um, uh, in Kaneohe, and uh, and they had a, a prophecy conference that. Uh, they bring this uh, very, uh, he's like a little-known uh, prophetic uh, Pentecostal preacher that's based in Africa. He's been in Africa for three or four years. But he comes back to Hawaii every once a year, and he holds a conference. And, and he's real close to the, to the pastors of, of this church. And, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I was very blessed. Um, just a, this is a real humble guy that just, his whole message is simply about trying to uh, step into uh, our true identity, you know, our, our true destiny, that God has something so amazing for each one of us that we just got to yield to him and, and step into it and allow him just to shape us and to reveal to us who we truly are, who we truly created us for. Um, but uh, I remember on a Sunday, it was like the last day of that conference, um, and, you know, I've been, I've been part of this healing ministry for a few months by now. 
and I'd seen amazing stuff and and it just uh, created a desire in me and I've also I'd also uh listened to a lot of uh, I mean there's a lot of good stuff out there um uh oh, as far yeah. as testimonies go even on the internet I mean you you can see like healings happen in your face um uh, if people want to look on my my Facebook account you know I link to a lot of this stuff um but uh uh anyway I just uh I just had a, a passion for we're trying to see this kind of stuff manifest in my life, and uh, so anyway, we're at the end of this end of this conference on a Sunday, and it's near the end, and I see a guy on on crutches come in the back door of the church, and like I'm in the back, and it's near the end of like uh, uh, ministry time, and uh, and just a thought comes to me saying that, um, you know what, Pete, you're in the healing ministry, you know, you're just getting started. Here's an opportunity. Why don't you go? After this guy, and uh, you know he's obviously got a hurt leg. Why don't you go over and heal him right now in Jesus' name? And uh, cool. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, okay, that's what I need to do. That's right. And but I stop and I stall and I create a list of uh, reasons in my head, in my mind, as <laughs> to why I should not. <laughs> yeah, know, that's gonna look weird. Yeah. What if what if nothing happens? Um, this guy he kind of looks like he's uncomfortable. You know. He, is he wasn't during the whole service. He wasn't in in the church. He did out in the van. His wife was was actually the the pastor's uh, sister, and but he wasn't into this uh, you know wild and crazy uh, charismatic kind of stuff. But anyway, he stepped in, and uh, as I'm debating with myself whether to go approach him or not, uh, just uh, for like you know 30 seconds or whatever, I finally turn around to see if he's still there, and he's not. He left. He gone back out, oh. and and I'm just sitting there going, man. You know what? I it it I hate it to to let God down. You know, when God sets you up for God to let you, for you to let to let God down and to not follow through with what you know you should be doing. You know, and and that's it's like that's you blew true. it. Yeah, and and but you know what? We gotta we gotta go after it. We can't be afraid. We've gotta like I said, we got our theology got to be based on the Word of God that says we can do that, and He will empower us. You know, no matter how many times we pray and we don't see something, you know, we gotta press into it. We gotta go for it. So anyway, um, uh, I think uh, my wife was working that morning. Every every few every so often, she's got to work on a Sunday morning, so she doesn't make it to church with us. But uh, but I grabbed my two kids after the service, and we're driving away in my van, and and we stop at through the drive-through uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're getting something to eat, and and uh, and then I just I'm just thinking about this thing, this opportunity that I missed. So I just pray to God. I just pray, Lord, you know what? I'm sorry. I know that you know this is something you've called all of us to do and to step into. And I just said, Lord, just uh, give me another opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Give me another opportunity, and I'll and I'll go for it. I won't let you down. Good for you. So, I mean, so anyway, I'm getting I'm getting a little uh, choked up here, a little emotional. It's crazy. Um, well, I understand. But, uh, I understand. Yeah. Peter, you didn't let him down. No, but there's more, there's more. There's a happy ending to this little story. Because uh, right after saying that prayer, I stop at Chevron. And I walk in the door to pay, you know, the 40 bucks to to get my van filled up. And the instant I crack open that door, the the lady, the cashier lady, she's walking from the back, the cooler section to the front. And she's complaining to another customer about this terrible shooting pain that she's feeling through her, all down her, through her lower back and through her leg. She's complaining of this terrible pain. And so it's like, hello, you know, hello, wake up. Here's your chance. 
So I go up and I and I pay my forty bucks and and I get out of there as quick as I can. <laughs> so I go to my truck and I'm filling up. Really? And I'm just and I'm just thinking, you know what? You know what? I asked for it. I prayed for it. What am I doing? You know? So I finish filling up my van. I go back in there, and there's nobody in there. Just a minute before, I've been packed with people. There's nobody in there. And oh, I no, fuck. so it happens again. So I so I go in there. This is right after filling up, right after knowing that this is something I need to step up and, and, and take care of. And so I just I just talked to her, and I just say, you know what? I, I just overheard you. I say I heard you say that you got this terrible pain in your back that's killing you. And, well, uh, she was there. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I just say, I just say, guess what? I, I work... I work for a healing ministry, and I'm trained to to pray for people, and uh, and I know that God can take away your pain right now. So I said, uh, just step out here, and I want to pray for you. And uh, and she's like, kind of caught off guard. She's like, what? But I was so I was so bold and confident, you know, that uh, that there was no argument. She came out, and so and so I I put my hand on her leg, and and there were two spots. There was it was like her lower back. And then her her upper leg, and I prayed quickly over both spots, and I said, "Okay, check it out. How do you feel?" And she's like, "She's like, wow, wow." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." Uh, and then she's then she's like, "You know what? I I still have a little bit of pain uh, in in my leg." Um, and then someone came in, and she was distracted. She had to pay for uh, she had to take care of that customer. And then, but I'm just standing there. I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm saying, you know what? That's cool, but the job's not done yet. So I wait until that guy leaves, and then I tell her, "Okay, uh, let me let me pray for your leg now." And so she comes out, and I and I lay my hands on her leg, and I just pray again, and I and I thank God for what He'd begun, and I just I just speak to her leg, and I just say in Jesus' name, I command all pain to leave right now. And after I'm done praying, I she's she's checking it out, and she's like, she has like this amazed expression on her face, and she's like, "Thank you," and she didn't even know really know how to respond or what to say. And I didn't have time to stick around and give her a Bible study, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just, I just, uh, she was just, she went back to work, and she's like, wow, she's like, all my pain is gone, and. Uh, oh wow. And as as I as I'm leaving, I just uh, the only thing I could think to say to her was, um, Jesus is King, Jesus is King. I just left her with that, and then that's I, a I good thing to too. leave her with. Yeah. Well. Now uh, it's weird that, that that's what I said because soon after that time I got in touch with some of this uh, some of the teaching from um, this guy by the name of Ryan Lawson who who works out of a church in Atlanta and uh, this is another guy I I, I visit his blog and he's just got a whole testimony of all this crazy stuff happening because they're a church that goes after this 100% I mean they they just go after this they're, it's just part of their ministry but. Uh, um, They've they've gone through a whole process too in trying to reach this level of of boldness and confidence and seeing this kind of stuff happen on a daily basis. Um, but they were just uh, in their teaching. They talk about how there was a time where they started to see a little bit of this miraculous supernatural stuff break out. And so what they did is they started pursuing the the supernatural. They started pursuing healing, but for some reason there was like a barrier. It's like there was no increase in in the manifestation of miracles. And then they were visited by another uh, preacher, a radical guy by the name of David Hogan from, from Mexico. And he just told them, you know what, you got your priorities wrong. Um, we're, not, we're, not, we're not pursuing the supernatural. We're pursuing Jesus. And our job is to 
Our job is to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to get people saved. You go after yeah. first. You go after Jesus first, and then you will see yeah. the signs and wonders explode as confirmation of the message. He's the source. So, so that's the thing. You know, we're not after just a good testimony. We're not after being able to say, "I've seen all these different miracles." What we're after is we're trying to we're trying to change the world. We're trying to we're trying to save the world. We're trying to bring salvation to everybody. We're, our goal is to is to disciple people, to bring them into the kingdom of God, to get them saved, and to see the kingdom expand. As uh, as an overflow of that goal, we're going to see this the the supernatural happen. Yes, but it's you just see what I'm saying. The primary yes, thing. Yes, I still, do. I understand completely. The the primary thing is still the Great Commission to go out and preach, and you know what? When These are the results see, that happen. Yeah. When Jesus um no, this, this, when this hits you when this hits you follow. It was really it hit you hard, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. it was really a a revelation. Yeah, even though it's kind of a even though it's kind of a simple thing to say, once you really I don't know, once it really hits you, the real meaning of it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Oh absolutely. So uh but just just along with this what I said, Jesus is king. Um you know in in uh, in the Gospels, when Jesus he commissions his twelve to go out, and he says, "I give you authority to to heal the sick, to cast out demons in my name," and then yes. even the seventy, he does the same thing. I'm going to send you out the seventy two by two, and but his 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 primary thing was go out and preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and and it's a real simple message. All that's all it is. It's that Jesus is King. That's it. So it, you don't have to argue with people. You don't have to no. debate people. You don't have to do anything. Just 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 preach it as a statement of fact. And it then, is. And it then is watch a what statement happens. of fact. That's yeah. right. It's a statement of it, fact. It is a statement of fact. There's no yep. other. Yep. No other and, name under heaven who brings forth salvation. That's right. That's Thank right. you, Peter. So, <laughs> so as, now, did, as, did this hit you really hard because you just, you just kind of off the cuff told that woman Jesus is king and you didn't really understand why you said it? Well, I, I, didn't, all, understand, yeah, I didn't understand it until... Um, until I came across, you know, these guys teaching where they're real specific. Right. And, and it, all it is, it's, it's realigning us towards, you know, the Great Commission. That's all it is. The Great Commission is still the Great Commission. That's our number one job. That's our number one. Yes. That's, that's it. I mean, I mean, look, the, you know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and our neighbor as ourselves. You know, that's, yep. that's, that's just an attitude we need to have, an attitude of love. But as far as an action, as, as far as putting forth an action, the Great Commission is to go out and preach. And just preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Preach that Jesus is king. Just preach the simple fact that, you know, we serve we serve a mighty God who's the creator of the universe. And then and then allow God Amen. to open things up for us where God himself, the Holy Spirit, is going to want to confirm what we just said. Hey, can I, can I interject yes. with the First Corinthians 12, 1 through 11? Yes, please do. Let's read it out so our listeners can hear it. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11, people. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were heathen, you were led astray to dumb idols. However, you may, you may have been moved. However, you may have been moved. Therefore, I want to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, there are varieties of gifts, 
but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of working, but it's, it is the same God who inspires them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdoms, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are inspired by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. All right, there we go. That's good. That's right. And, yeah. When you said that, yeah. that's the verse I went right to, and I went, yeah. amen. All right, right. Did, I just want to make sure everybody knew that, yeah. what we're talking about, so they yeah. have a clear scripture went forth, and Jesus, our satisfaction. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just want to comment on to, on that verse, and, uh, and yeah. I just, uh, it's an amazing verse, and it's and it's very empowering. Um, but one thing that I've come across, though, is is uh, Christians who look at all these gifts of the Spirit, and they try and figure out which one they have. You know, that's me. Because, that's me. Well, but this, this is this is the point I'm getting at. Is I don't think that, I don't think that that Paul is saying one of you is going to have this gift, one of you is going to have another gift. Amen. I, I think that all I think that oh. all these gifts are available for every one of us Amen. depending on the circumstances. Yeah, I've been was saying that, that the other night. He was Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. I, I keep telling people that, and people are like, oh, no, you have to have this special gift. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm just, and isn't it, I, I have the same spirit. He's yeah, like, you know, strange. Peter, you just, you just, you just, you know, nailed it on the head for me. I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm still... Yeah, I could stand on that because I keep – so I just had this conversation not with Johnny, but somebody else is like, well, they were trying to tell me they had a different gift. And I was yeah. like, no, no. guys, well, he, let, let, me just, let me just ahead. back that up with Scripture, Ephesians yeah. uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Praise okay. be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I, oh. Amen. There you go. You just slammed it. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Oh, Holy Spirit, so, thank you very much. That answers the question for me. Uh, wow. So, so, so yeah. I, so, yeah. Deep breath. One is giving gifts of knowledge to another, you know, hospitality or whatever. I thought that just meant that everybody got a different gift. I really believed that up until this moment. Yeah, yeah. It, you, it seems like that, but it's like you know, it's yeah. Like also, Jesus. Uh, I guess Jesus or Paul said uh, they did together uh, that one will you know one will sow, one will reap, one right. will you know water, right. one will plant. But actually, you know, if you're a gardener like me, I do it all. You know. Yeah. yeah. So well, you know, I uh, do think that there are God does raise raise up people. That are especially proficient in one gift. Sure, but I you know what? Yeah. But they all they all come from the same Holy Spirit. Yeah, so we can yeah. all tap into either any one of these gifts, you know, as, as the Spirit leads, whenever the circumstance arises for that need. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter who does it. It's the Holy yeah. Spirit. It doesn't matter right. the person. Right. Yeah, that, it, yeah. You don't live with the Spirit. You know, you, you don't like. Wait a minute, hey uh, Peter, I need you to go. Uh, Speak a word of wisdom, this guy over here, and, there's, and then you're walking down the street. Hey, pray for that guy right there. That's you know, right. and right. he needs healing. You know, bam. You know, and yeah. that's us. That's we, we are ambassadors. That's right. That confirms, that confirms for you, Pete, that um, that 
you did have the gift of healing because because you confirmed that anybody could yeah. who's yeah. a believer, right? That's right. I mean, yeah, we're. You know what? Uh, I think it's Mark 16 that says that um, it says that anyone who be- who believes the message. Hello. Yeah. Was oh, okay. Yeah. It just went. It just went very quiet. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm listening. Oh, the yeah. word was coming. That's why. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm trying to turn to it in my my little New Testament. But uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Mark 16 simply says, "And these signs will accompany those who believe." Okay, and my name that was will our last out show. Too. That was our last show. You know, this is all like a sign to me. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so being confirmed. It was the subject of our last show. Yeah. Well, I just, I just think that uh, in these end times, you know, one of the things that God's been able to do in my life is to. Uh, is to get me get my focus away from all the devil's little conspiracies, you know. The devil has Amen. all these little conspiracies, and you know what? It's all unifying in one grand conspiracy to install the Antichrist and institute a one-world government and all this, you know, terrible stuff. But God's kind of grabbed me and said, be a part of my conspiracy. I yeah. got a conspiracy at work with my church that's going to blow away whatever the devil has planned. And if you think you know, that there's going to be an explosion of darkness over this world, you know, God's just telling me it's in his character. He's so good that he's going to use his church in such a radical way. And we can, we got to stop putting limitations on our on ourselves, on our church. Because Peter, sure you have a red city of God? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I Man, really I know i got to quit putting limitations on me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, it's almost like the church has reached a point, at least certain segments, where where the worse it gets, it's like confirmation for them that we're headed in the right direction, you know? And this is what Bill Johnson says, too, you know? we got to stop looking at bad things happening as confirmation that we're on the right track because we need to start seeing good things happening. But it just starts in the individual. Wait a minute. You said, you said people, people believe that uh, people think they're on the right track. Because of bad things happening? Yeah, they see all this stuff, all this deception descending, uh, and, and they see all Johnny. they see all the you know Obama oh. taking over, and and they look at all what this I was bad saying stuff. to you. <laughs> oh, you follow me? Okay. Yeah. The same yeah. spirit. Yeah. Hey, um, Peter, uh, like you said, Bill, you know, uh, uh, John Piper says to put our faith in future grace rather yeah. than all the other stuff. You yeah. know. So that's you. You just said that. You, in other words, you yeah. just said you put another like it's like another like right hook to my on. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of see I see the Bible when you hit somebody shows scriptures at me as a right hook and a left hook and an other guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm glad to glad to smack you around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, brother. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, uh, let me let me. Uh, I, I, we're, we're running way long. I know that, but uh, it's fine with me, man. Yeah, I stay but here maybe all you night. can break this up into into a couple different shows. You know, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I'm oh, having yeah. fun. I'm having fun, and I'm not done telling stories. You know. Well, um, keep going. Because uh, uh, let me just uh, so through all this process, it's just my my mindset has has just changed. You know, and I lo- no longer see myself as as a victim of the world's circumstances, or you know, I just see. Let me just let me just read a few read a few scriptures. I just I got these on some index cards that I just carry with me everywhere I go, and uh, this is what I meditate on. Um, 
Like Matthew 5.14, it says, Jesus is talking to us, okay? He's talking to his disciples, but we're his disciples. He says to us, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Okay, we are the light of the world. Definitely. Um, That's now, a challenge, first, too. First John is, is an amazing, amazing book. Um, um, okay. It talks about 1 John 2, 6. The one who says he abides in him, in Jesus, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Okay? We're, they're, they're, you know, I know nobody can, can do what Jesus did. He paid the ultimate price. He is the Son of God. Yet, at the same time, we're all sons and daughters of God also. And in that yeah. sense, uh, if you read Romans 8, in that sense, we're, uh, we are brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Jesus yes. is our big brother. Jesus is our big brother. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big brother. I have a, I have a little brother. And I just remember growing up, I was real, uh, I was uh, uh, just concerned and very competitive against him and always making sure I could outdo him. He was like three years younger than me. But he was very athletic and good at sports. And I remember he, he could do stuff in fifth grade that I could never do in fifth grade. And I was just real concerned about making sure I outdo him. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, just very competitive all the way through. Um, but and I just remember my brother's attitude towards me was that, you know, if, if Pete, if you can do that, I certainly can do it, and I can do it even better, you know? I'm trying to but, be like that with Johnny. I'm trying to be like that with Johnny. Okay, go ahead. But the thing is, I, I really believe that uh, that we're supposed to have that same attitude toward Jesus in a certain way because that's what Jesus being, told to told us. competition with him? Well, let me let me just explain. Let me just read a verse, John fourteen twelve, and I take this I take this verse very literally. Okay, Jesus said, "He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father." Oh okay? wow! Jesus, Jesus is saying, and any time he uses this word works, he's talking about the miracles that he's doing. He's talking about his ability to tap into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And 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 you know and to push back the kingdom of darkness. So Jesus is saying, step up, you know, and we're supposed to look up to him as as our little brother and saying, you know, Jesus did some crazy radical miracles, but he's empowered us to do the same kind of thing. And you know, and I've I've read of you know the biographies of some of the amazing revivalists, you know, and a lot of these guys were shaky on on theology and on doctrine, but they were anointed by God nonetheless. And I'd like read some of the stuff. From John T. Lake or from William Branham or some of these, you know, crazy Pentecostal guys that they just had this uh, amazing uh, miracle anointing and they did some radical stuff, you know, on par or even greater than than you know what what Jesus did. I know it sounds almost blasphemous to say that kind of thing, but we got to get oh. over it because Jesus Himself that said that you'll do these works and even greater. Yep. So that's what but I'm now you said you said there, even though their theology was shaky, yeah. uh, it didn't really matter. I mean, they had yeah. to well, start working through. Is that what you mean? That's what the church is for. You know, we gotta yeah. we gotta be be there to correct each other. But at the same time, um, you know, a real important key to remember is that uh, being offended is not a fruit of the spirit. And I just think oh, you're right. Uh, Actually, that's, that's yeah, one thing that we all struggle with, don't we? 
We're all we're like, all way too critical of each other. We're way too uh, critical man. of each other. And I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that's that's growing, learning how to grow out of that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I just want to be sure and the truth myself. That's and when right. I do hear something, I want to correct it. But I want yeah. to be, uh, you know, I want to be exact, you know, to be graceful that's and right. loving in a rebuke than rather. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I think I just think. Yeah, Rick treats uh, me like a heathen. <laughs> no, I wasn't calling you a heathen. I was saying what I was saying. Pay attention to what you're doing and what you're saying. You're way That's too all. critical of you're way too critical of me. Well, let's not. No, I'm not. Let's not be critical of others who are critical. I'm being wacky. I'm being wacky. Peter, I'm joking. On that, can I say something real quick? In, in, yeah. in uh, Philippians uh, chapter one, after verse eighteen, or uh, starting at verse seventeen, he says. Paul says, uh, the latter proclaim Christ out of love, starting at 16, sorry, but they yeah. recognize and know that I am uh, providently put here for the defense of the good news. But the former preached Christ out of a party spirit, insincerely out of a pure motive, but thinking yeah. to annoy me, supposing that they are making my bondage more bitter and my chains more galling. But what does it matter so long as it either way, whether in pretense, for personal ends, or in all honesty, for the furtherance of the truth, Christ is being proclaimed. And in that, I now rejoice. Yes, I shall rejoice hereafter also. Yeah. So, there you go. That's, that's it. That's you just said it right there. And that was yep. the first scripture that came that, to mind. That's, see, that's that's how God can use people that are, you know, firmly grounded in the word. And I just, I just think that God's going to start to merge these two streams of Christianity, you know. the one There's one side that's just really, really serious about knowing their Bible and knowing their doctrine. And then there's the other side that's really serious about, you know, having the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. And they're out there, um, you know, seeing the power of God push back the, the works of the devil. And I just think, yeah, there's, there's you know going to be a merging together of that in these end times. It seems yes. like each one of those will look at each other and say, you know what, um, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not into healing or miracles and stuff, but my, you know, my doctrine's really good. Yeah. yeah. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like the healing, and I'm willing to just look past his, you know, his doctrinal, you know, confusions, and and then well, the, and the healing gotta, guy will look at the doctrine to, guy. And, yeah, we got to have a way where we're not offended, but uh, you know, yet still being able to speak the truth in love and. You know, it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be able to do that, but uh, you know what? But you as, see as long happening. as we focus on what what you just read there, Rick, about mm-hmm. you know, all that matters is that is that we preach Jesus and and we carry out yeah. the mission. That's it. Well, Paul said it clear day. He said he even said that they were you know, oh these guys you know we're going to add to my burden you know like or right. somewhere with a party spirit. He said yeah. this is yeah. the amplified version that I, ha- I, yeah, yeah, I read but, from. Mm-hmm. And uh, you I can even that. see that kind of critical spirit at work there, you know. Exactly. Where, and yeah. and well, I'm, I'm really interested in though, them. What I'm interested in, though, Peter, is how do you see this coming together, happening? I mean, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to figure out how the the, the two different groups would come together. <laughs> that's uh, I yeah, it's tough. It, it's tough to see how how it's going to happen, um, but uh. You know, do you I have any have, ideas, or well, you just see it yeah, it's, it's I just I I just see that uh, that uh, the two sides are beginning to infect each other. You know, I'm a guy who came from, you know, getting yeah. to know everything solid uh, biblically and textually, and make trying to make sure I got every doctrine correct. 
and then there's been the season where I've been able to, uh, uh, you know, bypass the critical spirit and not get offended, and I'm able to uh, reach out and grab a hold of the good stuff that's there in the charismatic Pentecostal movement, and at the same time, you know, not going there with an agenda to try and straighten everybody out, you know, uh, because I think, uh, you know, a, a big thing in in the whole charismatic Pentecostal movement is this whole dominionism thing, where oh, yeah. they really believe that the church is going to take over the world politically before Jesus comes, and I just I have a real problem with that and. Oh yeah, that's kind of, of that. kind of postmillennialism uh, too. Right, right, right. But some, yes, somewhat, not all of it, but some yeah, of it. Yeah. But I mean, but look I, at yourself as an example, Pete. I mean, they're called past that. They're called Christian reconstructionists. yourself. They're called Christian reconstructionists. Christian yeah. reconstructionists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, which yeah. you know they have some really good ideas. I mean, good, but well, you know, like I said, chew yeah. the meat out. You know, chew the meat, that's but spit out the bones. That's right. That's right. And I've been able to. Even read some of their some of their books, like uh, like C. Peter Wagner, for instance. You know, yeah, I, there I, you go. I know of a, of a lot of people, high powered ministries that just hate this guy and they just try and tear him apart. You know, but I but you know what? I I, I found a lot of good in some of his books, even when he's talking on the end times. You know, yeah, a lot of good because he doesn't put any limits on what the church can do, and I think we got to have that mindset. You gotta have that mindset, well, you know. If we put, we can't put any limits on what Christ is gonna do. Who are we? That's right. That's right. <laughs> we're, just, yeah. we're the tools. He's That's the. Right. He is the crafter. We are just the vessel, you know. Yeah. yeah. Can I use that reasoning against Rick when he goes off on his Catholic thing? <laughs> I, I don't think the Catholics are so bad. Oh, we I never said that. I don't that Catholic. Like I said, I only <laughs> thing I say is there is a difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of Rome. That's all I say. Mm. And I know and it's Arius and Athanasius Athanasius's argument and of that created during the, the uh you know during the, that time frame of night you know, Council of Ni- Nicaea. Right. Council of so, Nicaea. And we've been over that it. though, I know. And so it's it, the church has turned into Arian's philosophy instead of back to Athanasius and one of the other church brothers. That's all. That's all that happened to it. Yeah. And I, you know, Luther came let's out of the let's... Catholic Church. Come on, yeah, Luther. Right. Calvin came out of the Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church, and John Huss and Melanchthon and uh, you know all the great reformers came out of the Roman Catholic Church. They did have it at one time. It's just. Mm-hmm. They left that because they saw where the direction where it was heading, and like, hey, this is not it, and that was it. But anyway, continue, Peter. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to say that you know, this is my position. I might offend you guys, but you know, if you're a Catholic, yeah, you get twisted theology, but you believe in Jesus, and that's going to save you. Yeah, I I, I tend to believe you don't that. Think so? I, I tend I tend to be real liberal in that, but uh, you know, you got to take it on a case by case basis, which is what Jesus will do. You know. And yeah. I just think that if in their heart they truly believe that Jesus died for their sins and that he's their savior, not some priest, not Mary, the co-redemptrix, you know, then then God's going to have mercy. I mean, mercy always triumphs over judgment. So I guess, you know, I'm sure people might get mad at me for having a, a so-called liberal view there. But, uh, yeah, I just think that, I mean... Well, I do too. I, I, even, I even look at, like, like there's history of... Um, um, like this, there was like a, a legion of Gnostic Christians or something like that back in, and near the time when the Roman Empire was falling. And, oh yeah. And uh, and but there was like a legion that was that was martyred because they wouldn't give up on their faith on, in Christ. 
They were martyred oh. because they, they stood steadfastly in faith in Christ. But of course they had a total. They went, you going to tell me they went to hell? No. Yeah. I mean, they died with faith in Christ. They died for Christ. Yet, yeah, they had a totally twisted theology. What was the Montanist? I think. Uh, oh, Tertullian and the Montanists? Uh, no, it, it was even more far out than the Montanists, I think. Marcion? But. Uh, uh, might have been, might have been, but yeah, because, I, yeah. I, I, the point is, I just think that I just think that there's there's a lot more grace and mercy out there, and you know, I just I just always fall back on on the goodness of God, and and here's another yeah. uh, here's another thing that uh, that has really stuck with me that I've learned is that uh, is that Jesus Christ is a true reflection of the character of the Father. Okay. Yeah. God, God Almighty, His goodness was reflected in Jesus. I believe that. If you want to know who the Father was, look at Jesus. He said, and between me, see the Father. So you, so you know what? You, whatever theology you pick up from the Old Testament about God the Father, the life of Jesus trumps that. Okay? The life of yep. Jesus is a perfect... Jesus Christ is perfect theology. That's something that I've heard repeated over and over. And and I just I just believe it. Jesus Why? Christ, in the Old Testament, theology. he was the captain of the guard. What? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. He was all over the, uh, the Old Testament because it was him doing the works. Yeah. yeah. He's all over that. He was the angel of the Lord, that, you know? So, but, but what was what was Jesus' attitude towards sinners? It was always merciful. And it was oh, always, you know, and, yeah. and they always, and they came to him, you know? Neither you often to him, they. Too often, you know, the church sets itself up as like an Old Testament caricature. And people are afraid of that. People yeah. run away from that. But yeah. Jesus? No, you know what? The, the sinners no. came to Jesus. It was only those the high and mighty that were tried to stay out of Jesus' way, you know? It was the rich people yeah. that had a problem with Jesus. It was the people in, you know, that had authority, you know, religious authority especially. They were the ones who were afraid of Jesus because they thought they had God figured out and, and Jesus blew their paradigm out of the box. Oh yeah, he was very controversial. Yeah. Who? Jesus. But uh, let me. Those guys, yeah. You know, I mean, he was. And it's kind of funny how he was because he was using the exact thing that he wrote in the Torah, and they didn't right. see it. Yeah. yeah. No. No. They missed it. Some of them did, though. There was a couple that did. Yeah, there were. But, yeah. There were. Um, you know what? I gotta. Let's keep going. I got I got more stories to tell. Um, I'm sorry. Back to the healing rooms and uh, and just how I've been blessed in that ministry and how I've seen how I've seen amazing stuff. Um, I just wanna I just wanna highlight uh, one of the most amazing things that I've seen happen to somebody. Um, and this is a personal friend. This is a personal friend. He's one of my he's one of my uh, he's like my best friend right now. And, cool. Uh, uh, his name's Louie, um, and uh, I knew him back from uh, in the party days when I used to live on a bachelor pad. Um, and uh, when uh, when I got married back in 1997, him and his wife uh, came, and uh, she was pregnant with twins at the time. She gave birth like two weeks after we were married. Um, but uh, and they lived in the same a few blocks away from me down the street here in Kailua. Um, and and Louis and his wife. They, they always had a rough, rough relationship. Rough relationship always, um, and I'm not going to get into the details. But uh, it eventually ended in divorce, and uh, 
and uh, uh, my friend Louis battled uh, through like three years of court to try and get custody of his kids, and uh, and he had, he eventually prevailed. Like it was like a year ago that it finally the court case finally ended. He got full custody of his son and partial custody of his girl, uh, of the twins. And uh, but this uh, see during during this whole during this whole thing when they were fighting back and forth and all this bad stuff happened. Um, I kind of stayed away. I kind of stayed away from the situation because it's like I didn't want my family to be infected with their junk, with their garbage, with the evil things that were going on in their family. I didn't want to get my family close to it. Even though Lewis was a friend of mine, you know, even though he invited us to the barbecues and stuff at his house, I'd show up every once in a while. And, you know, this was also um, uh, at a time uh, when uh, I basically I, I quit drinking. I think it was... Um, November of 2007, I finally I had my last beer that I have ever had, and and I'm just saying this is for me personally. You know, I don't I don't really have a problem with a Christian having a beer, you know, but uh, but for me personally, this this was just something that that I had to do. Um, but uh, but uh, so that for a number of reasons, I just I stayed away from from the, their whole family situation because because uh, but it was weird though because Lewis, whenever he talked to me, it's, it's like he wanted to dump his problems on me and. It, and I almost got the feeling like he expected me to help him solve them, you know. And it was way over my, you know, I couldn't personally step into the situation and fix everything for him. That was my mindset back then, you know. That was, I didn't understand who I truly was. And and it's just, there's been a total shift in my thinking. You know, now if I saw someone, um, and I'm actually involved right now in someone who's going, who's at the very beginning stages of, of something that could be real messy. But you know what, right now, I'm right in the middle of it. Because I know I got something. Right in. That's right. I got something in me that has the answers for their situation. That's bigger than any problem that they have. So I can I can bring, you know, Jesus in me. I can apply the Holy Spirit to their situation, and I can I can bring breakthrough, and I can bring healing, and I can bring restoration to them. But back at this time, I didn't I didn't understand that, and I was basically I was a I was like a scared, uh, defensive-minded Christian, you know. Rather than understanding the kingdom of God is in me, and Jesus wants to infect the world with his kingdom through me, I was like, you know, I was like treating them like lepers, you know. I didn't want to get infected with what they had, whereas it should have been opposite, you know. It should have been opposite. But uh, but anyway, my friend uh, my friend Louie, um, he, uh, he really had just had a real rough time. He had a real rough time, and I'm trying to figure out how much this is. This is real personal. I don't want to get too personal, but uh, let me just jump forward to uh, March of this year. Um, he was just he was in he was in a terrible terrible uh, state of mind. Um, he one of the things that had uh, come upon him is uh, psoriasis. He, he'd had it throughout their whole marriage. That it just started at the beginning. Um, yeah, he'd had psoriasis like over 90 percent of his body. Um, mentally, he was um, he wanted to kill somebody. He wanted to kill somebody. He had. He was in he pain. Had, huh? He was in pain. Steph, that's the right. Hurts. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was there was all this emotional trauma from past events yeah. and all this stuff, and um, basically he couldn't work anymore. He was suffering. Uh, he had like a series of mild heart attacks related to oh. his, um, uh, mental condition, to his emotional condition. And towards you know the physical stuff, the psoriasis and stuff like that, and uh, and I just remember he uh, he was just in terrible shape. And you know what? You know what? Let me let me even step back um, because uh, this 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 
this is this is just a huge a huge story and a big part of my life right now. Um, um, let me step back to um, a conference that we had in, in the healing rooms. Um, John and Linda they bring people down from the mainland, and once a year they bring uh, Cal Pierce over here, and they just have a uh, like a three day conference and uh, healing conference and and stuff like that, and a lot of a lot of good stuff happens. Um, but uh, this is the first, you know, this is the first year. I, I've only been involved in the healing room for a f- for a few months. But this was March, March of this year. It's amazing. It seems like a lifetime ago. But it was March of this year. Cal Pierce and his wife came down, and uh, it was an amazing, it was an amazing conference. Um, all kinds of uh, supernatural phenomenon happened. It was it was a mind blower. It was a mind blower. And my wife, my wife got touched. You know, she was she was in the like the healing the impartation line. Where he just comes and briefly uh, prays over people, and and my wife, she just got hit so hard. It's like her, she felt like her whole stomach was just, uh, it was just like vibrating and on fire. And she was like on the floor for for a long time, just like she was like crying and laughing all at the same time. And she had no idea wow. what kind of, but it, but a feeling of total love and just like a euphoric feeling, just 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 amazing, you know. And I I'd kind of been pulling her through this walk, you know. But I'd, I'd been like the trailblazer, and it was like at that point, you know, she even wrote me like a, she even sent me like a, made a little card for me, just saying that, you know what, I'm I'm so happy that you've been you've been taking us forward in this direction, and, and that I'm with you 100%. And it just it just blew my mind. She was she was just totally blessed, you know. And and again, when it comes to you know our Christian walk, we got to put our family first. We got to put our family first, and and uh, everything else will fall into place. And my wife's my wife's amazing. It's just she's such a she's such a gift from God. It's just amazing. Um, but anyway, um, one of the things that happened during this conference is Cal Pierce um, prophesied over over a few people, um, and he uh, and he got me and my wife to stand up, and he prophesied over us, and he spoke all these just amazing, encouraging words that it's almost like you know I could never live up to what he prophesied over us if I didn't have Jesus in my heart. <laughs> oh. But did I now you know? Once I know that, that Jesus is in me, I don't put any limitations on what I can accomplish. So it was just amazing what he spoke over us. But one of the things he uh, he said, and it really encouraged her too, is um, he just he just spoke over my wife and said, you know what, you're going to begin to hear the voice of the Lord, and it's going to be loud and clear. And you're going to hear the voice of the Lord, and you're not going to be ashamed, and you're going to speak it out. And then he pointed at me, and he said, and you will listen to her. <laughs> and what? I'm sorry, I missed that. And he said, and you will listen to her. This is something that husbands, you know, often have a hard time doing. You know, we think that, you know, we're going to have joint heirs. Remember that joint heirs. So, so he's looking at me and saying, you know, don't don't underestimate, you know, the power, the anointing that your wife carries. You're going to listen to her. The word of the Lord is going to come through her, and you're going to pay attention and you're going to listen. So, uh, but uh, what's amazing is how this, you know, how the word is confirmed. How, how the Holy Spirit will work. He's going to He's going to uh, send forth the word through through uh, someone or something, and then He's going to confirm it. Because uh, this happened on a Saturday. Um, the next Monday, I was um, I took a half day at work. I came home just before my wife left for work for the afternoon. She had an afternoon shift, um, and it was weird because she came home and and all this time through the whole week when I was at the conference, I knew my friend Louie was at home in bed. He was on these. He was on like like a bunch of different medications, including like antipsychotic 
um, medication, antidepressant medication, um, all this kind of all this kind of stuff. He was just he was like half dead, and he was wow. just you know he'd been in and out of the hospital. He was like he was like at the lowest point I've ever seen a human being, and it was just it just blew me away. He was your best friend too. Well, he was he wasn't he wasn't my best friend at that time. He was one of the one of the you know people that I used to hang around, um, you know, from my party days, you know, and I knew him as you know someone that uh, you know I had a good relationship with him. I liked him. He liked me, and we you know hung out every once in a while. But that was about it. But you know, I, I've been exposed to all this stuff, and and I just knew that God could use me to bring breakthrough and healing and all that stuff into His life. Amen. You know, I just knew that I, I I just knew it was it wasn't you know my time of being shy was over. I need to step up, and I need to I need to you know introduce the power of God into this situation. So anyway, um, that Monday um, around noontime, I come home, and uh, my wife is there. And uh, and there'd been there'd been I got a, a few little different testimonies of me stepping out in faith and just you know seeing people just out on the streets or whatever um, and just going up to them and praying for them and sometimes seeing good things happen sometimes seeing nothing but always blessing them because you're coming at them with a humble heart and and just with a smile on your face and anyway my my wife knew that that was the kind of thing that I was stepping out in and anyway to make a long story short. Um, just before she left for work, she she looked at me because I had, like, the afternoon free, and I had this on my heart to go visit Louie. But my wife looked at me, and she didn't know what I had planned or anything. But she looked at me, and she said, all right, I'm going to work. Why don't you go out and heal someone? That's what she said to me. All right. <laughs> and I'm and – I'm, so I go back in the house, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, that's weird, man, because, you know, uh, Cal Pierce had just prophesied that she's going to have the word of the Lord and that I'm going to follow so it's like, uh, you know, I got, I got no excuse. You know, I'd, I'd already begun to create a list of reasons not to visit Louie. So I had to take that list and throw it out the window. And so I got in my van, and I went over to see my friend. I went over to see my friend. and uh, You listened to her. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> so I went over to see him. And, uh, and yeah, I, I got him out of bed, and, and he was just he was just in the dumps, man. He's just. He was just terrible. It's, uh, it was just a sad thing, and and still, I'm I'm at the. This is all new to me, and I I didn't go out there uh, preaching Jesus, and I didn't try and, you know, uh, jump all over him, and and I didn't even I didn't even have the uh, desire to, to pray for him, you know, to pray for his healing or to pray for whatever. I just all I did is I went to his house and I just said hello, and I and he listened to he I listened to him. Complain about his problems and all the bad stuff that was going wrong in his life, and uh, he just cared and, about him. Yeah, but he in, loved him. But in that, but throughout him. that situation, I was uh, I talked to him about the healing rooms, you know. And I talked a little bit about the conference that we'd been to, and I told him, you know what, the the healing rooms are open um, next Saturday. You know, I'd like to, I'd like you to come come in, you know, because you know the healing rooms is just a, it's a resource of the church, and we got to. That's the other thing what the church needs to do is just get more closer and understand the resources that, that are out there because we're not in this alone. We're not. No. We've got each other that we can lean on, and and that's one of the great things about the, the healing rooms. Um, but uh, but anyway, I'm just I'm I'm listening to him, and we move out to the garage that that faces the street, um, open garage, and uh, and then um, all of a sudden uh, Louis had had a uh, like a get together the night before, um, and. Uh, 
But uh, uh, anyway, a friend of his came by to get some of his uh, stuff, that, like a, a grill that he left behind or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we're out in front, me and Louie, and this guy, a friend of ours, his name is Ross, pulls up in his van, okay? And I've just been talking to Louie just briefly about the heating rooms and, and uh, you know, just really just listening to him. Anyway, Ross, um, this is a different guy who's a total character. He's he's like, uh, this guy has a really bad history, a really bad history. He's a bad dude. He's, he's, uh, he's like, uh, um, has a background in, like, mixed martial arts fighting. Oh. He's just he just loves to fight people, and he's also run with a mob, and he's been involved in his own little scams, and and he wow. has like a, he has like an enemy list like uh, you know a mile long. I mean, there's people that have dangerous. Been dangerous. Yeah, I mean, there's people out in the, out in Hawaii right now that if they saw him, they would they wouldn't even flinch. They'd pull out a gun, and they'd shoot him dead. I mean, wow. he's, he's a dude that he's a he's a he's a tough dude, and and uh, anyway, um, Ross. Uh, and, and you know, all this time I have this in the back of my head that I'm that I've been sent out to heal someone. Okay, so uh, Ross pulls up in his van, and as he's coming out of the van, he's complaining about his terrible back pain. He's just complaining, complaining, complaining. And he's and he's hunched over like the hunchback in Notre Dame, and he's just hurting. And and then he starts smoking a cigarette, and he's complaining. And he's we're, we enter, you know we shake hands and say hey how's it going Ross? And Ross has always known me. Uh, Ross was back when we lived in the bachelor pad. Um, Ross uh, is a drug dealer, and he'd drive back and forth our house and throw fireworks out the window every time he drove by. <laughs> we'd have, yeah, onto our front lawn. He'd throw fireworks just as a way to say, "Hey, how's it going?" Um, <laughs> but cool. uh, but uh, anyway, he he was just he was just hurting and in pain, and uh, and it's like just something came over me, and I just knew that that I had been set up by God once again, and so. Uh, so I just, I just, you know, we had like the, the, you know, shaking hands and saying hello, and and then he started to talk on something or whatever, and I just interrupted him and I said, Ross, um, let me pray for you. And I don't even know if I shared about the healing rooms at that point or what, but I just said, um, you know what, I, I believe God wants to heal you right now, and I've seen stuff happen, and uh, let me just pray for you right now. And he like he like squints and looks at me while taking a drag of a cigarette. And he turned around, took a couple last puffs of his cigarette, threw it on the ground, and then walked over to me and said, "All right, okay, look, sure, you can pray for me." So then I look at wow. Louis over there. I, I look at Louis. Louis is just tripping out. He's sitting down on a chair in the garage and he's looking at me. And uh, you know, I I know Louis was raised Catholic. Louis, Louis was raised Catholic. He'd gone to um, Catholic church and and all that stuff. So I just I knew that there was you know. Despite all this stuff, there's a little bit of Jesus in this guy, okay? Yeah, yeah. I looked at Louie, and I told him, you know what? Louie, you come over here. You get, you help me right now. So I had Louie come Yeah. Over. We both put our hands on Ross's back. And I just said like a short, like a 10-second prayer. Just speaking to the problem and, and commanding healing and releasing it in Jesus' name. And then I just stopped and said, okay, check it out. And Ross is like, he's kind of freaked out, you know? He's like, was that it? You know, is that, you know, and he's kind of... Disbelieving. Then he started to move around. He started to move around. He starts pacing around the garage, uh, stretching and twisting, and going up and down, touching his toes, all this kind of thing. And I'm just, I'm waiting for him to uh, to give me some feedback. So I'm pushing him. Okay, Ross, you know what's what's the deal? How do you feel? You know, and I'm expecting, oh, it feels a little better. You know, is the courtesy. You know, it's like a courtesy thing where, you know, because you don't see healing every time. But when you step out 
and try and help someone, they're going to be kind to you and they're going to say, oh, thank you very much. That, that I feel a little bit better, you know. But yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm pushing him. You know, I want to I want to just hear a little bit of something good so I can take that and praise God for it and then pray on him again, you know, and release it more. Um, but uh, but he just I, all of a sudden I got him to stop pacing and look me square in the eye, and he just looked at me and he said, "How long have you had this gift?" <laughs> he was then, healed. Oh, How long have you had this gift? And then Louis Louis like has like a quizzical look on his face and he's like he's like, "What's going on? What do you what do you mean?" You know, and Ross is like, all my pain is gone. And then he starts doing, then he starts doing like, uh, like, uh, roundhouse kicks in the air. And then he jumps up and grabs like a brick column and starts doing pull-ups. And he's wow. like in Louie's face and he's going, Louie, Louie, I could not have done this before. And, and it's like Louie is, is tripping out and he thinks maybe me and Ross have, are trying to mess with him, you know. Oh, but, uh, trick, huh? Yeah, yeah. But then no, then I just then I just share with Ross a little bit about what's going on, and he shares about what he's been through. You know, he was he was in this major car accident where where you know he his back got totally messed up, and and he'd been he'd been uh, addicted to Valium pills. He'd been addicted to Valium pills, and and apparently he he was in between pills, and uh, but it had been so bad that his uh, girlfriend, whom he had a son with, had refused to to allow him to see his son. Because he was so, you know, he was so high all the time on Valium that she didn't trust him. And uh, anyway, yeah, Ross was, he was he was 100% healed right there in, with a 10-second prayer. And this just took me out. And then, and then I, then I uh, just invited, and then I started telling Ross about the, the healing rooms. And I just told him, you know, you got to come in. You got to bring Louie. And then Ross was like, yeah, you know, I need, I, I need some of that. Because Ross knew that, I mean, Ross got a lot of a lot of uh, skeletons in his closet, you know, and his but his dad had been a pastor, and anyway, Ross is still Ross is still a work in progress. <laughs> but uh, what what happened is what boiled down to it is that uh, that you know I had followed what my wife had said, which I believe was you know following what Cal Pierce had spoken over us. It was all it was all a total God setup, and uh, basically I got both Louis and Ross to come to the healing rooms the next Saturday. Good. The next wow. Saturday, and Louis, Good. Louis, Louis really only came because for Ross, because he thought Ross needed it more than he did, right? <laughs> and uh, because because of Ross's history, you know, because we do deliverance also in there, you know. And it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but this and this this is a date that Louis always always mentions, March twenty seventh. That's that's the Saturday when his life was changed, when God came into his life and just. Lit a fire that's, that's still going strong, but I just I want to read right now in my uh, I want to try and read this without getting emotional. <laughs> March twenty sixth. Oh, it's hard. Or, let's see here. This is this was this was the either March twenty sixth or twenty seventh. No, yeah, twenty sixth or twenty seventh, something like that. Um, but this was this was just before the that Louis went to the healing rooms, um, and I just wrote in my journal. I just wrote down what I believe that God was showing me about about Lewis and also about um his ex-wife Tammy and I mean it's there's just so much that they needed and I just I just wrote down that the devil has tormented, abused and deceived Lewis Louis long enough and his authority over Louis has come to an end. In the name of Jesus, I declare that Louis will be set free. And that's what I wrote in my journal. And uh so that, that Saturday Louis and Ross showed up, and uh, 
And it's like they didn't want to get out of the car. They didn't they didn't know what they were getting into. I had to go out into the parking lot and grab them. And, uh, really? And, they were, and, and on their way, they were telling me. They were both thinking, uh, what are we getting ourselves into? What is this here? Was this some, some kind of cult, you know? What's uh, what are we? What what's going to happen? You know, there was all this all this stuff that was that was coming against them. But uh, but you know what? I was praying for them, and 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 they came, and they and they came in, and uh, and let me just let me just tell you briefly. They were both they were both radically touched, but uh, Louis was the one that really needed the physical and the emotional healing. You know, to take him out of that pit that he had been in, um, and a lot of it had to do with the breakup of, of his. Uh, relationship with his wife and it just went way back but uh there were there were just a number of things that happened in the healing rooms when louis went in um uh like uh let's see here you know when you go in you just fill out a paper you fill out a form and you and some people fill out like they like write a novel of all the stuff that's wrong with them that they need help with louis just wrote one word psoriasis because that that's what i had said that you know you come in and we can and god god will heal you you know God will God will touch your life. So he just wrote that, and Ross filled out a whole bunch of stuff. Louis just wrote psoriasis. Anyway, so that's all they knew. I hadn't I hadn't spoken to you know my friends in the ministry. I hadn't told them anything because they don't like they don't like to hear the backgrounds of everybody that's coming in because they want to just be a uh, be a blank slate where the Holy Spirit can just download directly to them. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, Louis um, he went in, and there were three people in there that were praying for him and uh and so they prayed for his psoriasis and uh and then I think it was John who said who poked him in a couple of spots, I think like on his hip and said, uh, God's telling me that you're gonna see the manifestation of healing begin right here and right here. And when Louis went home that night, he circled those areas with a ballpoint pen. Or or a felt pen, a pen and and uh when he woke up the next morning, those spots were completely uh, pink, brand new skin with a psoriasis that wow. pulled away. Um, wow! And then, um, then the next thing that uh, that they did is uh, someone said, um, "I believe God's telling me that uh, that you got problems with your hips." And this is something that that I didn't even know about Louis. But when he was young, he had suffered from a, a bone disease that had given him weakness in the hips. When he was in elementary school, he went like two or three years wearing braces on his legs. And he felt like an outcast because he had to walk around with these braces on his hips. And just recently, he had uh, been into the doctor, and the doctor had said, very soon here, you're going to need two total hip replacements. So they prayed on his hips. And I didn't I didn't uh, talk to Louie until like five or six days after this. I didn't even really know what happened in the healing rooms. All I know is that when Louie came out, he was, he was shining and he was smiling. Um, but anyway, all that week, um, Louie knew what kind of things he could do that uh, would cause pain in his hips. One of those things is um, skateboarding with his daughter. And when I oh, saw yeah. him the next Thursday, he said all week he'd been skateboarding with his daughter and had no pain in his hips. Oh, man. So he knew, he knew that, that 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 had been released into his life, and he and he grabbed hold of it. Another thing was um, um, Sister Faye said, took his hand and said, um, do, you have, do you have numbness in your, in your hands and your fingers? And Louis said, yeah, ever since I had um, a surgery on my neck, I've had this numbness in my fingers that won't go away. And he'd also had a, a, uh, Louis an elevator uh, mechanic, so he's always working with his hands. And he's been in a number of accidents and stuff where his hands are just beat up, and they're just, they're just in bad shape. And uh, anyway, uh, she just prayed quickly over his hands. 
And immediately, full feeling was restored to his hands. And he was just saying that after that, he he felt like his hands were like, it's like he was 18 again. His hands were just wow. totally, totally, you know, fresh and, and healthy. And it was just amazing to him, amazing to him. But um, the the most important thing that uh, that helped Lewis was not even a, any physical thing. It was, um, it had to do with uh, emotional trauma from the past. And oh, yeah. And it happened to do when he began to carry a burden um, uh, against his wife um, from the stuff that she had done to him that had led to their to their breakup. And uh, and one of the three people praying for him said that um, God's telling me that you began to carry a burden uh, this month and this year. And it was like three years ago. But he they they highlighted the month and the year when he began to carry this burden. And, it got worse. And, yeah, and, and Louis... Yeah. And Louis said that that was the exact time that only only him and one other guy uh, alive in the world today know that time when he began to carry that burden, and uh-huh. and they just and they just uh, told him to raise his hands up to heaven and release that burden to Jesus, and to and to just and to forgive, and he just said that 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 was the hardest thing he ever do ever did. He raised his hands up to heaven, and he let it go. And he said the instant he did that, he just felt light and fresh and free like he'd never felt in his life before. Amen. It was just, it was just an amazing, just a transformational experience. And then, um, and then um, after Louis came out, they took Ross in. And as soon as they took him in and started praying with him, Louis went out to the parking lot to smoke a cigarette, and I went out to hang out with him. As soon as Ross went in, all the dogs in the neighborhood started barking. It was just crazy. <laughs> just a weird. Just, oh, it was it was totally it was totally weird. It's like you know deliverance was happening, and demons were fleeing, and and <laughs> the dogs oh. just going crazy. They were just going crazy. Yeah, because but, they know they know that, they know right. the spiritual world. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I believe that's that. True. But uh, yeah, so but now the the thing about Lewis is um, he's just he's always been crazy he's always been radical he's never been halfway anything and uh he just you know i i started to spend a lot more time with him and uh and he knew what had happened to him through the power of prayer and he's a he's a real people person and he's another kind of guy where everybody dumps their problems on him and once he realized about the power of god and how that can how you know a believer can actually release that out to affect situations and to bring you know healing and freedom to people Louis just started praying for people. He just started wow. praying for people and just started saying, you know what, if it worked for me, it, if it worked on me, uh, then I can do the same thing to work on other people. And, uh, you know, he just started He just started racking up these miracles. I mean, he prayed He prayed for his girlfriend who had, like, a bulging disc in her neck and, like, uh, problems in her elbow, where one of those was actually scheduled for surgery. And he prayed for her, went back to the doctor. She was completely healed. She's completely hmm. healed. It was verified. She was That's she was fine. Instantly turns into a healer. Instantly. That's right. That's right. Wow. And it's because you know he hadn't been taught otherwise. <laughs> he you almost know? go from heathen. Did he go from heathen to healer? Uh, well, uh, he wasn't necessarily heathen. I mean, he'd he had been he'd actually uh, been leaning on another friend of his, um, who was a who was a, a a minister, but. Uh, but he'd really never been uh, given the tools, you know, like the power tools. So he had, he'd been taught how to pray, and he said that's how 
that's how he survived through his whole divorce. He'd been taught how to pray. So he would pray to God in his backyard. But he'd never prayed out loud. When he was in the healing rooms, it was the first time he prayed out loud when he released that up to Jesus, when he was led in a prayer. And he'd never obviously prayed for another person, you know. It had all yeah. been this, uh, you know, something inside of him. You know, his own relationship was personal. It wasn't something that he allowed to overflow around him, you know. But this other friend of ours, he he was able to be there with Louis and get him through the roughest time of his life. And then and then just, you know, when the power of God was released over him in the healing rooms, that's when he just he just became totally on fire. And it was kind of crazy at first because he was just, I mean, the Holy Spirit was just showing up in his life. And, and uh, just, uh, I mean, he was, he, he, like, he'd get prophetic. He'd talk with people. Like, the first time he actually prayed for someone, is he listened to this girl that came and just, like, dumped all her problems on him for three hours. And he finally just said, enough of this. I, I, I want to try something. So he grabbed her hand and he just started praying over her. And all this prophetic stuff started coming out that he didn't even know. He didn't wow. even know, and she was just totally blown away. And and it's like the presence of God came on her, and she just felt this like this tingly feeling and this rush that. And after after he prayed, it's like she's like, okay, I'm all good. I'll see you later. <laughs> and he said, I should have I should have prayed with her three hours ago, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just amazing how how God can use people that are willing and able that will step out there and that don't have inhibitions about doing it, you know. So Louis just Louis just been on fire, and it's just uh, one thing after another. And he he kind of it was it was kind of strange for me because it's like I was like on the forefront trying to push through and get breakthrough in all these areas, you know, try and get closer to God and to see a more manifestation of the power of God. But at the same time, I've been praying for to God to uh, to connect me with someone really close to me that I can lean on and that can push me forward and that I can support and can support me. Because I still didn't have like a intimate, you know, or real close relationship with someone that was that wanted to press in and just do this stuff, you know. Let's just and do this stuff. The last person you just... thought of that it would be is Louie. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It was it was totally <laughs> totally amazing. So, wow. but I, there was a time where I was just kind of blown away. So there were a few months there where I just I just sat back and listened to the testimony that would come week after week, day after day, and and there was just, just so much shock. stuff. And, um, and then it was through Louie that. Uh, the healing rooms in Hawaii had their biggest day ever. You know, it's just a small ministry. We get maybe six, eight people every Saturday, you know, oh. sometimes more. But anyway, because of Louis' testimony and, for, and from what he was doing, just he was just bold in your face, just preaching to everybody. You know, he couldn't stop. The word of the Lord was just pouring out of him, and he would just get people excited. And so there was one Saturday we had 25 people. It set the record for the healing rooms ministry in Hawaii, and they've been here like eight years. Eight years, and uh, they all got healed, or well, they all they all definitely got touched by God, and in, in many different ways. Um, a lot of them were for stuff like addictions and emotional trauma and stuff like that, spiritual problems. Um, not all of them came in for you know a physical for a physical issue. Um, yeah, well, those problems are more profound right. a lot of times. That's right. But let me tell you one story. Um, this guy by the name of, of Muggsy, he's an ex-Iraqi um, vet. Muggsy? Muggsy was his name. Kind of <laughs> short, uh, stout Marine, okay? Full of oh, tattoos. Hey, Full of tattoos and, and piercings. <laughs> he wears this bandana low over his eyes, you know? You look at him, you can't even me. see his That's eyeballs. That's what I do. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> hey! I'm bald. I'm but, sorry. Uh, 
This guy had been scheduled to be redeployed um, either to Iraq or Afghanistan. The last day before he was supposed to ship out, he got into a major motorcycle accident. And this was like seven years ago. And he'd been through all this kind of stuff. I mean, his healing process was so uh, so messed up. He was so messed up. Um, but anyway, to make a long story short, he'd been in constant pain ever since then. We hadn't been able to run ever, ever since. Um, he'd... he'd uh, Hold on, I got my cell phone going off. I'm just gonna kill it. Oh, it's it's Louis sending me a text. <laughs> yeah. Wait, let me let me read it. Let me read it. It's it's always something, it's always something cool. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is cool. <laughs> Louis. All right. Oh, my thing is messing up here. Yeah, you see how That's God right. works. Hey, I wrote some. I've been writing some comments on the the uh, the chat part. Just uh, when we were talking, all the things that we were talking about so far. Yeah. Yeah. Just for everybody to see, just because we were talking about some things. I so everybody knows if they're listening, right? Uh, you know, Johnny, you can look at it. I just been putting things down so you can keep good. talking. Um, the reason I, I thought I could shut my mouth, I could just type. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Louis just said, God is so faithful that even when we are wrong, he is there. <laughs> just think about that. Anyway, back to Muggsy. Even when, we're, even when we're wrong, he's there? That's what he said. Even when we're wrong, he's there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I agree I mean, with that's that. That's true. That's true. But the thing oh, yeah. is, the thing about Louis is he's he's been wrong uh, on many times because he's he's got like zero Bible knowledge to begin with. Okay? But it's growing fast because he's got a hunger for the Word of God. Yeah. But, uh you know, he's but you'd, that you'd, hear some, you'd hear some things coming out of his mouth where he's trying to articulate his own personal theology that's largely coming from experience that you've got to kind of gently try and guide him back <laughs> according to the Word of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but still, yeah. Even, even when his theology's messed up, you know, when he's trying to preach to someone and he's getting things mixed up, still the power of God is there. And he's still oh, yeah. releasing it over people and still seeing amazing miracles. What did James say again? He can uh, tame his tongue is perfect in all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that, that we're all perfect in all the way. So we all get it wrong. Even the greatest yeah. preacher in the world gets it wrong. Even That's Charles Spurgeon right. got it wrong. So right. you know what? I never, I never looked at that verse that way. I thought it was rebuking me. It was rebuking you, Johnny. Just, just you only. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Think about that verse. It means sort of. Wow. I was. I had to break Johnny of James. I thought, you know, Jesus's brother was the best to, to read first because he's not being hard. He's just being. That's Jesus right there in James. <laughs> anyway, it's because, it's because I'm a longshoreman, and sometimes bad words slip out. Apparently, <laughs> hey, well, I was a, I was a punk rocker in one time. Come on, punk rockers were just as bad. <laughs> yes, yes. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, well, back to Muggsy. Um, Muggsy, he came into the heating rooms, and uh, since since he was a friend of a friend, I was kind of he kind of spooked me. I kind of I didn't want to go into the room with, when he was getting prayed for. But uh, and actually in this healing ministry there was only at the time it was a whole bunch of women and and uh, and then uh, basically John and Nick and me and that was it. But uh, uh, basically I missed out because everybody else there were like eight people in that room. Well maybe not eight six at least six people in that room when there's only supposed to be three. But they all wanted to pray for Muggsy. They all wanted to pray for this guy. He really? he, he had so many 
issues, so many pains, so many aches and pains. He was another guy hooked chronically on, on painkillers. Um, but, uh, yeah, they went in and they, they just blasted him with the power of God. I mean, they just, they, they just, uh, you know, proclaimed, uh, healing over him and they spoke to all his issues, all his hurts and, and they just, and they prophesied over him and they just lifted him up and encouraged him. And, uh, and then, uh, then they, he was real low key about it. He just came out and, and, uh, then we had, uh, like a potluck lunch and, uh, and uh and he was just talking to to John our director and having a good conversation with him and and uh and uh and then I got called to go in and uh and uh pray for for another person that came uh and when I came out um Muggsy had left already but what I missed was um after eating lunch Muggsy went into the um uh restroom and uh and it was at that point uh, walking back from the restroom that he realized he had no pain in his body. And so he started, um, he started exercising and then he started running. He started running around the cafeteria and that wasn't enough. And then he went outside and started running around the church. And then, uh, a couple of people came up to him and said, you know what, uh, relax, you know, stop running. You know, this is, you're healed. Just relax. And he said, no, I, like, no way. You know, I gotta, I gotta keep running. Cause I don't know, you know, I don't know if, uh, I'm going to be able to run tomorrow. And they just said, "Don't worry, you're healed. You, you will be able to run tomorrow." So, yeah, he. he I think was he wanted to get that running in. He was so and happy. That's right. That's right. And and, wow. that, and that healing stuck. And that was that was one of the most radical things I've, I've seen in the healing rooms. I mean, because God just knitted broken bones together. He knitted nerves together. He just, you know, it was just. Why uh, do you think like eight people showed up? I mean, does that ever happen? I mean, did no. it ever happen before? No, no, um, on, well, are you no, talking about eight no, people in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it's just the team members. We usually have a stand That's what I mean, that's with, what I mean. I mean, they never go in and gang up like that, right? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't exactly know why. I, I, really, I think it was oh. more like just six people. But yeah, they all wanted to be in that room because, I, wow. and, and it, I was kind of, uh, ashamed that I didn't get in there too because, <laughs> you know, because good stuff happened in there. It was amazing. It was amazing, but uh, no, he just he came in with like a dark expression on his face, and you know, like with angry eyebrows on, and he was like, you know, suspicious and just looking at people weird, and wasn't sure why he was there, and uh, and I was like, all right, I he's kind of he's a friend of a friend, I you know, because we don't we really don't try to be in the room to pray for people we know, just because that might get oh. in the way of what God's trying to do, you know. So I use that as an excuse, you know. I kind of know this guy, I'm gonna step back, so. So, maybe you know. maybe maybe you were wise though. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, I'm just happy the way it turned out. You know, praise yeah. God for how it turned out. You know, so that was yeah. And and, and then now now did he become a sort of a well he uh, a, he he became he got he he started to preach Jesus absolutely. He accepted Jesus into his heart into his life. Um, he basically moved back to uh, to Idaho, but uh, there's complicated uh, situations with. Him and his ex-wife, who, or, or actually him and his wife, who, uh, they were split up and they weren't divorced, and she was living with another guy. But then oh, we also had rough. that couple. We had that couple come into the healing rooms, and they had, they got fixed up too. And, uh, but you know what? There's, there are complicated situations that God's still working out, and, and then even Muggsy moved back to Idaho, basically. And uh, from what I've heard, though, from friends of his, that. Uh, that he's still preaching the word of the Lord, and he still credits God for that miracle. 
You know, it's like one that. thing but to he heal somebody. To, yeah. Well, it's one salvation. thing to heal somebody, but then you turn them into a preacher. Yeah. I mean, that's a triple miracle. That's right. I mean, isn't I mean, it? Absolutely. I mean, salvation is the biggest miracle. You know, so what? You have a healing for this temporary life. If your soul isn't swept into eternity with God, it's it's useless, really. Yeah. You know, that's that's what God. And I'm just I was just soul. thinking it's just it must be amazing to see all that. You know, that's like a triple bonus. Yeah, absolutely. There's all the there's a parable in that, guys. What what what? Well, remember the parable of the ten lepers? No, tell me. The parable. Remember the parable of the ten lepers where. Ten lepers came up to him and pleaded for his mercy, and uh, he healed all ten of them. He healed all of them, yeah. Yeah, and then nine of them, you know, all ran up and shouted for joy, but one came back and worshipped him. It was a Samaritan. It was a Samaritan oh. leper that came back. Yeah, oh, yeah, on top of that. Bam! Yeah. Yep. It was so, the heathen, no. yeah, it was the heathen that came back and and actually embraced Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's some of the... That's some of the crazy stuff we've seen. Uh, the, the, lately, just the latest thing that's been going on is uh, is uh, Louis' friend's little sister just had a baby, and uh, well, me and Louis, we kind of we kind of have like our own ministry. I mean, we've been into hospitals all the time. I mean, we went and prayed for this young girl that has lupus. Um, Do you just walk into the hospital on your own? No, we, I mean we go and we're invited. You know, we go and we're invited, and I've and I've you know it's. It's it takes guts and it still and it takes courage. Oh, yeah. You know it's uh, you know I've heard the stories of of like for instance the 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 kids on the supernatural ministry school. You know they just go into emergency rooms and wait for people. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not I'm not that bold. You know yet I'm just yeah. I, I go I go where I feel I'm called. You know where where I'm set up to to you know to. How can one go if one is not sent? Yeah. 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 But uh well, I mean, understandable. But this this latest thing you is can really expect. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I don't know. The the latest I mean I'm you know, it's the more once you taste a little bit of this, it's it's tough because you want more. everything yeah, you want more but then you see how the need is so huge. How yeah. the need is so huge and if if you're not careful you can get depressed, you know. When by thinking, you know, I'm just one guy, how can I touch so many? But but the answer is just to set the whole church on fire, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we, right. You know, and that's and that's kind of what what me and Louie are trying to do too is to, you know, you look. Well, actually, let me tell this story, and this is going to illustrate the point, and it's and it's good okay. what what he's been doing. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went, we got called to go to the hospital to pray for a young girl that's uh, have given birth to her first baby, and there are all kinds of complications with this baby, and they had to do a C-section. So we rushed to the hospital, and we just get there just seconds too late. They had just wheeled her out. The doctors had just wheeled her to the operating table. So we were there with um, the mom and the dad and, and uh, the older sister. So we just prayed as a group, and we just prayed for the baby and for the mom and for the doctors, and, and they were completely breath, blessed and, you know, tears in their eyes. And uh, So anyway, the, the baby was born, but the baby was born with all these complications, like lung complications and... and uh, uh, she was having a hard time breathing on her own and getting her uh, blood oxygenated to the right levels, and and uh, basically she uh, she had to go on all these machines. Um, I think at one point she was on like 17 different machines. Oh and man, it, it was it was real tough. Um, 
And so uh, Louis missed that next Sunday at church. Um, he was in the hospital. He was in the hospital praying with the family and praying for the baby. And uh, so uh, I was at church, and uh, I just uh, I like our little church because it's it's everyone's invited to participate, and everyone's you know the, the pastor urges people to stand up and take the mic because he rarely even prepares a message. You know, he just it, the whole body needs to be uh, participating in it. So. I got a chance, and I stood up, and, and I just uh, led the whole church in saying a prayer for that little baby and for the mom and for the family. And uh, so after that, I I just texted Louie a little short message, and uh, and Louie said that uh, – and I also um, – while I was praying, I got I got a lot of weird people that go to my church, all right? They just they, – That's cool. They think on a I like level, weird people. But, uh, but it's, yeah, it's so I'm cool. I'm a weird person. Yeah. But uh, – Anyway, there You're was so two. weird. <laughs> I am totally weird. You're so weird. <laughs> but uh, there were these two ladies that had, like, as we were praying, they're saying that they're they're getting this picture or this mental image or vision or whatever of of what God's doing. And one person said that she just felt um, a warmth on her heart. Um, you know, it's like a supernatural warmth just come on her heart as we were praying. And another lady said that she saw like this, uh, like this, uh, a prism of light. Just highlighting the baby with like golden, golden dust falling down on the baby, and so I text this stuff back to them, and uh, and then Louis Louis was at a at a point where you know he'd been getting worn down by trying to you know encourage his family and praying for the baby and all this stuff, and he said when he received the text he read it to the whole family, and it's like, and it's like they they were just so radically blessed that there was a whole church contending for them and supporting them in prayer. And he said the mom, the mom just lost it. She just broke down in tears and was just totally radically blessed. And that, he said that was like a, a breakthrough point for that family where they, you know, they finally had faith and they finally are willing to, you know, just let, give it up to God and let God deal with the situation. So uh, yeah, just knowing that so many people care about you. That's right. That's right. So they, you know? the baby went from having a 20% chance to live and, and the doctors talking to them about, you know, you need to make arrangements for how to dispose of the body and that kind of thing. You know, that's, that's hard to listen to. So they went from that to the next day that all of a sudden the baby had an 80% chance to live. And it around that quick, that quick. And so um, this baby, uh, I think it was just last week, um, the last machine was taken off. And the baby was um, – oh, actually, uh, the Sunday before um, – uh, we prayed again for the baby. It was like 11.15 in the morning. And then we come to find out that the same time that we were praying was when the baby was finally taken off the lung machine. She wasn't completely taken off machines, but the lung machine that breathed for her was taken off. And that's when, and it's like uh, we were praying. Were praying for her? Yeah, and we were praying stuff uh-huh. like, you know, releasing the breath of life into her, that kind of thing. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was heavy duty. It was heavy duty. And then later on that week, um, all the machines were taken off, and then the mom was actually able to hold the baby in her arms for the very first time because it had been so tense for those two first two weeks. And they get this. Well, the yeah, can you imagine? Check, check this out, though. The, the baby's name is Maluhia. It's a Hawaiian name. It means peace. Okay? Mm, and when, wow, we prayed, when we prayed for that baby, um, the Sunday that it was taken off the uh, lung machine, we were we were actually meeting at – this park called Ho'omalohia Park, which means the place of peace. Oh, it's, wow. It's just uh, amazing. This child's name is Peace, but it's been, this baby's been through such a storm, but she's finally coming in to that peace where everything is, everything's uh, 
getting fixed for this child. Well, Peter right. Goodgame <laughs> says uh, there are no coincidences, especially when we're no talking way. about the Word of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's you know? just one, those are some wonderful, you know, it's good to really hear testimonies of these things to actually take the, you know, critical skeptics such as myself, you know what I mean? Even though I'm a believer in fully what the Bible says, right? Yeah. But to actually experience these things, I've seen things too, you know? Yeah. But yeah. just to hear uh, your testimony about it, to continue to confirm, yeah. you know, the skeptical mind, especially yeah. I'm like, I'm always standing back and I look and I go like, so, and I look at scripture and I want to see the evidence of it. Right. I've seen healing in my life too, so... You know, like uh, being restored from uh, from my drug addiction and my alcoholism. Wow! Yeah. And uh, just in one, and not, I didn't have to kick. You know, I didn't have to have the DTS. I mean, I drank like you know, like a, a fish, like a longshoreman. Wow! And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't drink. And, uh, I don't um, drink. No, and uh, once in a month, maybe. Yeah, and uh, so, like I said, I don't. I, you know, it's. God healed me. From, I mean, I didn't have to. I told God I don't want to have to go through another rehab, go through any more kicking, you know, kicking the habit and going through withdrawals and all that. I just right. ignored, yeah. you know, and this was in it's the a minutes, terrible process. He, but you know what? It, when Jesus died, he paid for that process. His strength yeah. paid yeah, for it. So that's a good we point. shouldn't have to experience it. That's right. So, so he yeah. took it away. And in yeah, an instant, it was gone. I was like, I didn't have to go through that. He He left the fog there for, you know, uh, the fog there for a couple of years, sure. but yeah. he wanted he wanted that to be removed by reading scripture, yeah. and that's what I figured yeah. out. But the rest of it he did. I mean, he healed my mind that moment where it stopped. It stopped mm-hmm. being you know that crazy, you know what that drug does to you. It, it, a lot of people don't understand what crystal meth does to your brain when you're on it. It, it, it it's like it doesn't stop even after you stop it for like a couple of weeks. It stays there for a while. Yeah, that's right. You know, so uh, well, I know. I mean, I, I down a river. It's like going down a river in a raft, and it it just won't stop. It's the river, <laughs> you just keep riding. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but you know, so there's a healing in my life that I know that happened because, but the seeing, you know, knowing that it happened, but you know, wanting to witness it. Actually, you know, I want to witness it more in my in in my church. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I believe yeah. when I pray for somebody they will they will get healed. I know yeah. they will. But if it's not now, I just know that it went forth and that golden bowls it's gonna happen and That's we're gonna right. get to yeah. we're gonna get to see it. You yeah. know? And it, even if we don't get to see it, we're gonna know it happened. That's right. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's it, That's, you know, it's just how Jesus taught us to pray. When you pray, just believe. Just believe that it will happen. And we're just we're just beginning to understand what the depths of that what it really means when you just believe, you know. Yeah, I'm still, we really I'm still are, trying to right. figure it out because you know, I I do I do pray for a lot of people, and there are times when I don't see anything happen. But uh, but we can't focus on those times. We got to focus on um, you know the the amazing testimonies, which is why it's you know it's really it's really been a blessing for me just to surround myself with. With constant testimony, you know, I'm I'm locked into a couple of, of of blogs of people that are in churches that are like outreach ministers, guys that go out and they send teams out, and they're always getting testimony. They're always getting amazing testimony. So as long as I'm my mind is focused on the good things that are happening, the good things that God is doing, the good things that that are possible, then I can I can just keep pressing forward. And 
And you know what? I, I praise God for every little thing, you know. People might think I'm crazy, you know, uh, you know, pr- pr- no, praise God just for something real small. But you know what? We've got to release that praise. We've got to release it, and, and bigger and better things will happen. I'm just... I'm just in awe of the stuff that I've already seen, you know? Well, you're thankful, you know, Paul said that's the will of God for our life is to be thankful in all things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely so. But uh, let let me read some scriptures here uh, from my index cards here. Yeah, okay. uh, Just talking about what Jesus, you know, what Jesus said about himself and then what he said about us. Um, In Luke 4, verses 18 to 19, this is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay, that's what Jesus said he was sent for. Okay, but now listen to this, John 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Amen. So we're... That's something you need to remember always. as the body of Christ, we're supposed to be doing, uh, you know, we're commissioned to do the very same thing that Jesus did, which is to preach good news to the poor, free up the prisoners, to heal the blind and the sick and the hurting, to release the oppressed, and just to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which is simply, you know, saying that Jesus is king, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm always drawn back to, like, the movie The Matrix, you know, it's almost oh, like we're oh, in no. that kind of situation. Oh, no. where, you know, that's we, a matrix. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a true heavenly reality that's eternal that engulfs this world. And we're we're you know, most of the time we're locked into this physical you know, manifestation of this reality where we think that there's these certain laws that govern our existence. Oh, you know what? Like those laws are trumped by the kingdom of heaven. And yep. those laws can be you know, pushed aside and broken by the kingdom of heaven and by just by the creative power of our own voice, you know. If, if you know, if the Lord never know, us, you will never know how you have forced me to take the red pill. <laughs> never, oh, no. You'll never know. No, yeah. not the Matrix. Okay. Uh, but here, thank here, here's you for that. I just want to thank you for that. All right, all right. Seriously. Uh-huh. Four, I was going to read Proverbs 4, verse 18, just to compliment John 20. Is But the, yes. path of the, uncomp- uh, the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is, is like the light of dawn that shines more and more, brighter and clear, clearer, until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. So, yeah. that's yeah. what and you know what? When, when it talks about the perfect day to be prepared, I don't think that's the second coming. I think that's the first coming. You know what I'm saying? Because that no. was when the light came to this world, and now, you know, Jesus said that I am the light of the world. But then he also goes on and say that now that we're the light of the world. You know, whatever whatever was given to him, he's given to us. Now, it's our job, and I really think this is what the end times is all about. If you can get rid of all the doom and gloom and all the devil's conspiracies, God's conspiracy is to have millions of little Jesuses running around. You know, we all got Jesus inside of us, and he wants out. He wants all of us out there secure in who we really are and understanding what our job is, you know, the Great Commission, to go forward and just declare that Jesus is king and and just to watch what overflows from that. And we just we got so much power inside us, and and so much you know potential to change situations, and you know I, there's just 
you can't put a limit to what the church can do in these end times. So, yeah, I'm sick of doom and gloom. I'm sick of, you know, griping and complaining about, you know, where things are headed. I just think we've got to take authority over our own uh, families, first of all, and then start taking authority over our, our own communities and and just go for it and just and just in full faith and go out with the power of God and knowing that it's within you and let's let's start changing some things and, and see what God can do through us. Exactly. It's going to blow our minds. And I like that That's... that verse that it, you know it highlights the the shining and the light and gee, there's just so many scriptures that talk about talk about the light you know that like uh, John twelve thirty six while you have the light believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. And First John one five seven says, um, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So you know what? You know when when we're truly on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ, um, you know I just I just meet people wherever I go and like to different conferences and different churches and stuff, and I can instantly connect with someone who is just completely devoted and in love with Jesus Christ. And I don't even care what their doctrine is. I I know I have a brotherhood and a fellowship with them that is just super tight. And there's nothing, no disagreement that's going to come between me and them and our relationship that is there on that spirit-to-spirit level. And I just think God wants that kind of thing for all his church. Of course. And Iron Shrap is there. So does the countenance of his friend. I yeah, it's it like we have that. you're saying that. It just blows me away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, think about what you just said. I mean, you've really changed the world. You know what I mean? There's lots of work to to be done. There's lots of work to be done. But I'm just anyway. I'm just so encouraged by by what's happened, and and I'm just I'm just encouraged about what's going to happen because it's all and positive. It's all it's all good. I mean, you think about it. Peter Goodgame, he's an expert in the biblical text, an expert in doctrine, yet he'll... He even, he even thinks he knows who the Antichrist is. Yeah, but... But he's yeah. not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, that blows me away. I mean, I'm serious. I just can't get over that. I think it's that's wonderful. One, that's, one, that's one thing you and I got to talk about, Peter Goodgame, one of these yeah. days. We got to go off and just maybe off... off Yes. Yeah, sure. you know, first of all, just get down and see see where you're really coming. I got to read your book though, so I got to see where you're coming from first, so I can have the great sharpening. You know, yeah. sharpen iron with you definitely. I think That's you're what, missing the point. It doesn't it, matter. Um, you know, <laughs> you've been trying to say over and over again. Oh, I understand well, that. I said, but I'm talking about in in the light of being Christians and sitting at a round table, just talking. To, I love talking. You know, this is oh, a yeah. healthy yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Uh, like you got to remember, I'm thinking. I think Peter understands what I mean. You know, yeah, no, I, than, yeah I do. He I understands do. exactly. It's just no, just to do it because he loves to do it, and I love to do it, and we want our faith in action as as well. You know. Yeah. Right. No, and it's, it's part of that coming together. Yeah. You know, of the of the intellectual stream of the you know biblically doctrinally minded and precise Christian with. Uh, with those who are just moving amazingly in the in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, they right. have to come emerging because you know what the whole charismatic scene is is kind of wacky. It is kind of wacky, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> but, is theology uh, though, and their and their and their eschatology, um, you know what? I, I I'm even willing to let them have uh, a messed up eschatology because because they have a positive outlook, 
and they and they just empower people and they don't put any limits on what the church can do. So you know what? That's most important. Don't put any yeah. limits on what, how God can use you or how God's going to use the church in these end times. Yeah, we got to go back to Paul. We got to go back to We got to go back to Paul and Philippians one eighteen again. With that, you know, you know, definitely we got to go back. You know, just that don't prevent them. You know, yeah. the gospel must be preached. Even he says, even though they're laying more to my burden, <laughs> you know, even if they may be wrong about a little bit, no, they're going in the spirit where God's going. Just pray for that yeah. person. Yeah. Pray for that person. Uh, preach about Jesus. You know, yeah. and, you know I've uh, never he, heard. You know, I've never heard that message before, Pete. I mean, you guys, I've never heard that before. This is new to me. I mean, is that shocking? I mean, is that... I really have... Ne- this is new. I've never heard this before. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> it's all well. That's I find it, it, no, it, can, it can all be confirmed by Scripture. And that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the important thing. Yeah. It can all be confirmed and that, by Scripture. That's just for, perfect. Like uh, in Proverbs, my son, attend to my words, could sit and submit to my sayings, let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all, that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. And there you go, Peter. There it is, right there. Well, uh, I think I think we're close to wrapping it up. My, my family's been kind enough to stay away from me. Um, <laughs> yeah. My wife took my kids, but she just texted me saying, you know, give me a call when you're done. Uh, so... But uh, yeah, but anyway, let me, in the iron show. <laughs> but let me let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, tomorrow is the last Sunday of the month, and one of the things that's really blessed me and Louie is um, this thing called Once a Month Church, and it's it's a once a month uh, church at the at the last Sunday of every month at Hollyiva Beach Park up on the North Shore where the big waves are. But this is a ministry. Ooh. This is a ministry. Uh, by this guy by the name of Pastor Ron Valenciana. He's been going for five years. What he does is he buses in all the homeless people from all over the island. And usually there's like three or 400 people. He's trying to break the 500 mark. But uh, he brings these people in, and they all take a raffle ticket, and they all sign in, and they all get a name tag. And uh, and what he does is he gives away food. He gives away food to these people. He has a raffle before the uh, sermon. And... Uh, and there's good worship, and there's like hula dancing and stuff, Christian hula. Uh, there's just, and then uh, what, blow, what has blown me away is they, they even give away cars. He's he's locked in wow. a few uh, car dealerships that uh, they give away used cars. That one Sunday they give away five cars. People oh, wow. sign up. Yeah, people people that have you know license and, and stuff that can prove that they can drive. They they sign up for this special raffle, and people drive away with a, with a car, and it's. But what's what's amazing for us is that uh, that they they love us there. I've been going there all year. Me and Louie go, um, and they just they just release us. The people that run this, they just release us just to go out and just and just pray for people. So we just we go and we just any we see a need, we go for it. We just we just release the power of God into into people. We just go against addiction, against depression, uh, any kind of sickness, and. And just the testimony that's coming out of out of that is just a mind blower. And I just I'm waiting for for something uh, really big to happen, really big, because I know this is these are the people that are, their hearts are just tender and just ready to receive the gospel. And every time that every time just about every Sunday that he gives an altar call for salvation, and 
And it's almost like every time it's like half the church steps up. And, man, the presence wow. of God descends on that place, and it gets so thick in there. And, and then we just meet people as after they've done praying to receive Jesus, and, and then we just pray with them individually. And just whatever their need is, we just we just release a miracle into their life in Jesus' name. And it's, it's just amazing. But... Uh, that's what I'm doing. I thought you were Sunday. inviting me. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to uh, um, uh, fly me over there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I'm ready. Especially at Halloween when there's a nice Halloween night there. That's here. right. That's right. You can. I heard all about right that place. Church, I've been can, right after church. You can just paddle right out. That's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> hey, we, we do we do that in San Diego. At, uh, there's a church that does this out here, sort of like that out in. Awesome. Horizon uh, Christian Fellowship in yeah. uh, San Diego, they they do the same thing, but that's every year they do it, not once a month. I wish. Yeah. And, and I'm praying for a goal uh, in well, – I'm in the heart of, you know, the real uh, ghetto area of San really? Diego is where my church is. It's right in the middle. We're just moving into the heart yeah. of it now. Reek, uh, well, I'm praying to start an evangelism because uh, yeah. we have a stage right in the middle of the, the heart of it. It's where, wow. you know – all Muslims, all, all the you know, and all the mixed races are out there because that's our our motto is unity, uh, unity and diversity as one yeah, body of Christ. Yeah. So I'm praying that we I, I get the evangelism going. I'm going to put on the music. I'm trying to get people will come over here that we start doing exactly what you're talking about. You know, in the middle of that the rough area, you know, where the gangs are and stuff. Yeah. And oh, man, uh, that is that is precisely the kind of place where. Where God just wants to just amaze people. That's just that's exactly. Awesome. That's and awesome. I've, I've been praying for that, and I'm getting my chaplainship here pretty soon. And I've been wanting, you know, I'll get that, you know, uh, good credential. Where I could start doing this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, nonprofitly. Because I don't want to do it. There's no, you know, I told all the bands, you don't come here to think that you get paid or you can sell your CDs or what. I don't care. But we're here to bring the give. We're not here. We're here to yeah. give our talents. No, nothing. We're not just going to come here and do it, whatever the cost is. Because yeah. you know, yeah. you know, and then people want to give to the ministries for love offerings. We're not going to even, you know, pass a basket around. You yeah. know, we're yeah. just going to. Yeah. Well, at once a month church, they don't take an offering. They give yeah. an offering. The guy, yeah. the pastor, stands there with a roll of two dollar bills, and anyone with a name tag. They make a big line and he hands out two dollar bills to everybody that's. Oh, there. see now that's it. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. That's what yeah, I no, do. It's, it's just two bucks, but it's it's just the whole attitude and the thought behind you it. Know, that's what I want to do. I wanted to give like this one guy that just <laughs> gives hundred dollar bills like every year, but uh, on Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I wish right. you could just come up and go. Oh, you pull. What do you need? Boom. Here. What do you need? Yeah. Boom. Here. Here's some resources. What can I do for you? You know, let me pray for you know. I just and then have the music going, have the preaching going, and yes. and uh, just a love on these people. Yeah. You know, uh, we just need it. We, I mean, I don't want to love, but that's the greatest thing of all. Greatest gift of all is love. That's right. Jesus, right. And that's I, was, it. I was cold. I was cold, and you didn't give me your coat. I needed a car, and you didn't give me your Chevy. Yeah. I mean, that's what that really. I really believe that is what we're supposed to do: is take care of. Care of people, feed them, and give them clothes, and give them, and give them, and visit them when they're in prison. Jesus said that. I mean, yeah. like, you know what? It'll plus, happen. we're supposed to take care of our church too. You know, sure. No, but sure. no, it'll, it'll I mean, happen. I mean, we just gotta we gotta press into you know intimacy with Jesus and just to ask for His heart and and you know if you pursue Jesus, all this other this compassionate desire will happen naturally. 
Yeah. Because a lot of times Definitely. people do compassionate things out of obligation. Yeah. And and it doesn't it's not the same heart, you know. They do it out of obligation so they can say, Look, I've done this and this and this. But it's not yeah. it's not through the, the father's heart, you know, that they've that they're doing this. It's yeah, this more is, of a uh, work this is what I wanna play. I wanna know people, I wanna be with people, I wanna bring in a community. Yeah. No yeah. obligation necessary, you know. Right. Just right. Dude, just do it. This is the this is the city of God now, you know. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> show them what the city of God's all about. You know? Yeah. That's not yeah, that's what Augustine said. Let's bring it to them. Here's the kingdom of God. It's here now. Let's use it. Yeah. What are we doing? You know? Yeah. That's what you made that's what you made me feel like right now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going, Richard, it's time. So actually thank you, uh, Peter, for doing that because yeah. this week I was already I was uh my pastor was telling me about the chaplain program that we're gonna be going through through my church. And everything that you brought to this conversation and this and your testimony is confirming that that's where God wants me to go. Yeah, now. see, I'm telling so, you, that's how God works. That's how God and works. And you said all the duties of a chaplain that I heard just Wednesday as what my pastor was telling me the duties of a chaplain were. And everything that you gave testimony with your experience, what you're doing, you're doing the work of an evangelist. You're doing the work of a chaplain. Yeah. You're doing the work of an ambassador. And I'm just going, sitting there going, Okay, Lord, uh, you know, go, wow, this is, must be a confirmation because here Peter's telling me everything that a chaplain does going out to the hospital. I'm going to go when I'm called or, you know, yeah. saying everything. And, you know, I already got 13 hours of it. So, you know, and you're training. I'm like, oh, well, I got 13 hours of this. Hey, crisis, pastoral crisis intervention, huh? Hmm. So, I got to tell you, Pete, this, this, I don't. I don't even know how to put it into words, but it's been such a blessing to me. It's yeah. really changed. You changed my life today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, thank you, Lord. Thank, yeah, thanks, Peter, for all that, man. Because you know, you know, me and Johnny, we're going to continue and uh, grinding out the scriptures. But we'll, hopefully, that our conversation will be even talking about this even more. And now that we've had you once, Pete, man, we're. I don't know. We're, we're probably not even going to let you go. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, yeah hold door, on the door is open. The door is always open for you. You know, we gotta let you go, Pete. Yeah. Man. I know you got you got the family and everything. Yeah, I just wanted I to say thank you so much. Let me just let me just say a prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, uh, we thank you so much for for this day, this opportunity to to just give testimony about you, Lord. And uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So. Anytime we make a testimony, we're creating the, the condition for it to be repeated. So, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I just say that everything that I've, that I've talked about, Lord, just, just we release the, the potential for it to be repeated right now. And everyone who's, who's listened to this, Lord, Lord, I just thank you that, uh, that you're waking up your church and you're waking up your children, that, that we're going to rise and shine and we're going to take authority over our families and over our communities, Lord, and that your church is going gonna, is gonna to end in a, a brilliant display of your power and your love over this world, Lord. So, Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the Iron Show and for my friends Johnny and Rick, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Just just uh, bless them amazingly with your goodness, Lord. And bless their families, too. Father, I thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Jesus. And we just pray all these things Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You certainly changed Johnny, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Johnny, thank you so well, much, man. I'd like to say once again, you've been such a blessing to me and the Iron Show and probably all the listeners. And oh, I just want yeah. to thank you once again for 
for being here and putting in a really long shift with us. <laughs> and uh, God yeah. bless you, brother. Uh, right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Later, bro. It's your boy Johnny here, and uh, that was the end of the Fear Good Game interview. And uh, you can uh, send us uh, emails uh, to uh, johnnyironshow.com, rick at ironshow.com, that's R-I-C at ironshow.com, and uh, tell us what you think of it. Uh, this is that. That was the end of our interview, and we kind of really we summed it up with Peter saying a prayer, and we're so uh, we're so happy that he likes the Iron Show, you know, and uh, and uh, we just I felt so blessed with uh, the what he said. It really kind of really had a big, huge effect on Johnny Boy here. I I uh, had uh, you know Peter Goodgame's been always been a big hero of mine, you know, these last few years, and. Uh, Really, have spent uh, I've spent uh, countless hours listening to a lot of the recordings that he had done in different interviews. Uh, PID Radio, Future Quake. Uh, he did a he did a, a session with David Lowe. He did a session on uh, the Final Countdown. He did a session on uh, he did this really good session with Beth Vay that's hard to find. And I spent a lot of time listening to that. And, Mostly Future Quake 64. I've listened to Future Quake 64 over. I've probably heard Future Quake 64 150 times. Uh, carried it with me on spooky nights on the waterfront. You know, you get down there at night and the mist coming off the river and strange sounds. You get real spooked at night. So uh, this kind of Peter Good Game has always kind of been there in my iPod and kind of a comforting voice when I was freaked out, you know, and stuff. And so it's been such a big hero of mine. And, it really affected me to hear him go from this um this scholar and uh mythologist and uh really um prophecy scholar really prophecy theorist to really a semi pentecostal faith healer 